back to Half the Battle. I'm your host as always, Daniel Levy. We're going to be talking to Marlon Chito Vera. He's coming off a very impressive win at UFC Melbourne. He's back on track and he's ready to make a statement in the UFC bantamweight division. So you know we had to catch up with my boy Marlon. And then we're joined by the always exciting Jason the Kid Knight coming off the underdog victory against Dan Hooker back in Australia as well. And man, isn't Jason Knight just so much fun to watch? Well, he's also fun to talk to, so we're going to be catching up with him soon. And guys, how damn good did Max Blessed Holloway look last night? Look, I don't care if they're calling Jose Aldo the undisputed champ. As far as I'm concerned, Max Holloway is the UFC featherweight champion. And that's just because, look, Conor McGregor's not coming back to 145 pounds. And uh, we saw both of those guys face Conor McGregor. One got knocked out in 13 seconds. The other went all three rounds with him. And, you know, styles make fights different times in their careers. Max was like, what, 19 years old back then or something? And Aldo was flat out in his prime, 10 years undefeated. But it's all good. They're going to fight. They're going to settle their differences. You already know I got Max there. Give me those underdog odds. And man, Cowboy Cerrone and Matt Brown, they had a total war. It was really cool to see Matt Brown go in there and be the old Matt Brown. You know, he dropped Cowboy in the fight. He was competitive. And then at the end, man, one little opening. And that's all she wrote. Cowboy Cerrone capitalized with a beautiful head kick, which he is known for. Cub Swanson and Duho Choi. Oh my God, man. That's my new Leonard Garcia versus Korean Zombie, man. I mean, they... uh. You know, when you get friends and you want to show them this sport that you love, you show them a fight like Cub Swanson versus Duho Choi. Kelvin Gastelum put that ass whooping on uh, on Tim Kennedy. You know, people were going on their shows saying that I didn't know the definition of elite, that Tim Kennedy was elite. Well, apparently I do know the definition of, of elite because Kelvin Gastelum just whooped Tim Kennedy. And uh, I wouldn't be surprised if we never see Tim Kennedy fight again. Misha Serkinov, you know, I lost that one. I called Nikita Krylov. Hey, props to Serkinov. He went out there, tapped out Nikita Krylov in the first round. There's nothing else to say. That was beautiful, and uh, the sky's the limit. I do think Nikita Krylov will be back, but man, hats off to Misha Serkinov. First up, Marlon Chito Vera. Here we go. Joining me now is UFC bantamweight Marlon Chito Vera. Marlon, welcome back to Half the Battle, my man. Thanks, bro. Thanks for the cover, and I really like to be here talking with you about what what just happened on my last fight. Oh, man, it's my pleasure. You know, you're always welcome on the show, and dude, congratulations. You did it, man. You did it, bro. Now you're in the UFC. You're here to stay, bro. Yeah, it, it, it was really tough, you know. So many pressure on, on my back. My family was in Ecuador. I was trying to bring my whole family here, living with me in California. I made the move to Tinoyama. That was the best move I ever do in my life. I'm feeling great. I'm happy. I just got promoted yesterday in, to a brown belt in nice. Ten Planet Jiu-Jitsu. So I'm a black belt with the gi. And yesterday I, I get honored by my coaches, Casey and Ron. And I just get my brown belt. So just good things that happened. I just won my fight. I bring my family. I get my apartment. You know? So everything is being positive in my life right now. So I, I just want to keep it like that and and just keep grinding and keep with the wins. I can't wait to start training tomorrow. I take a week off and an extra week for move my whole family. And just right now waiting for going back to the gym tomorrow morning. Yeah, man. There's so much to talk about. Obviously, congrats on the belt promotion. But, dude, 
how difficult of a decision was it for you to move to California? Because, I mean, I know you're a loyal guy. You know, 50-50, they brought you to the UFC, but you knew I have to take things to that next level, and that's what you did, man, and I know it was a hard choice. Yeah, what, what really happened, bro, is like, I, I don't make the move because also in America it's always better the training. I will not say that. In Ecuador it's the same. The soccer players, they're okay. In Ecuador they're pretty good. But when they make the move to England or to, you know, to the country with a lot of soccer, Brazil, Mexico, they get really better. So it's not a, it's not a secret that you got to move. But that was not the reason. The reason I, I really moved is because it was so many drama, so many problems with my ex-coach. So I just decided to uh, finish the relationship because it, it, it was too unhealthy. It was too it, it was bad for me already, and also I wasn't having good training already because the relationship was like pretty bad. But I got no hard feelings. I really don't care anymore. Life is like that. You can I, I trained with my ex coach around six years, but. Never was like kind of healthy. Always was like kind of. It, it was not good for, for me. And I, as you say, I I really tried to be loyal. I really tried to respect my the, the, the people around me. But obviously, if my family, friends, and the whole people around me, you the the there was notice that something was happening, and I was the only one that wasn't taking care of that. It was like no. Oh, you know, it wasn't good. My last fight in my last fight in London before this one, it was it was a bad camp. So I don't, I really don't put excuses because when you win, no matter what you win, but when you lose, you always have excuses. But I I I just leave that in the past, and right now I'm focused on the present and can't wait for the future. You know, like the future for me is like win fights, have my family here, my kids are happy with me right now. So. I believe in God, so I know that everything happened by a reason. So right now, I'm just like, just waiting for what's coming for me. Everything good is happening in my life right now. So that that that's a sign for from from life. That's a sign from God that I make the right choice. I make the right decision, and I'm surrounded with great people right now. Like I just, I'm just blessed to be here in California with Tino Yama and with Ten Planet Irvine and it's amazing, bro. It's amazing. My manager is helping me a lot. So I'm just happy for, for now. I really don't care about what happened before. So, I mean, what was the turning point? Was it the fight in London that made you say, look, I need to change things up? Yeah, the, the fight in London was like the last drop of the glass. Like, the glass was already broken. Right. And we, we, we were having so much drama, so many problems. and Things that... Uh, I really don't care. I can talk about it, but I, w I would prefer to just leave that in the past. Like, that that's already dead. Like, that, that's already back. But it was so much drama, so many problems, and it, w it, it wasn't healthy. It, 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 wasn't a, it wasn't like a family anymore. It wasn't like... I, I think always was like, oh, you have seen money, so let's, let's work. And life is not about money. Life is about work together and, you know... In, the, in your first UFC fight, you don't make money. You make money when you get a superstar. So those are small things that people that never been big shows or in big things in life can't understand. 
either me, I was new in this, but I was I already lived in in America for a little bit, so I I, I was you know I was getting closer with how how, how things work here. So a person who never uh, been here in the in the like in the how to say like in this type of environment, you you your first thoughts in your mind is like oh UFC million of dollars, so it's like everything gets around you know before the UFC. We, we know how it was. It was like 500 bucks for a fight, no flight, uh, okay, hotel room, food. That's what you get used to. But then you say, oh, the UFC, millions. No, the UFC is not millions. The UFC is great. I'm happy with, 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 with my position right now, but I'm talking about what happened with the other people, you know? Yeah. I, I still been close with my, with my training partners from Ecuador, but... With my ex coach, I just cut that from from the bottom and and leave it like that. It wasn't healthy, so I really don't care. And the reason I don't want to talk about it is because people don't don't have to know bullshit. You know, shit happens in life, and I just happy with my new team right now. Uh, right now, I'm with real people and good people around me. Well, that's good to hear, man. I mean, it was a completely different fighter in the octagon when you fought this last time. I mean, it wasn't the same guy. I mean, you still had the spirit and the aggression that Chito Vera is known for, but you are so much more mature in there, man. I mean, I, I could see the improvements. Yeah, that, that, that's why my, my, my people, my friends, fans, they tell me, like, either, either people, a lot of people text me, like, hey, you got to change your camp. This, like, you're not improving in Ecuador. And I was I, I I was blind. My 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 dad used to tell me like, hey, you gotta move. My wife, friends, in, including my training partners for Negro, they were like, bro, you gotta go. But I was blind, bro. And and I think like everything happened by a reason. But it was it was my fault because I don't make the move before, because I feel completely comfortable in that cage. I was having fun. I was fighting. I, I I should be more busy, but those things my coach told me, calling Oyama, he was like, you know, you make a good fight, but next time I need you more busy. Yeah. I don't want you to be just comfortable, sit there and just waiting for for a power shot. So next time more busy, but that's that's the good thing about my new coaches that they talk to me when they have to be when they mad, they still talking to me in the right way. Like it's not like you can you can you can lose your head in the corner. So. That 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 make me know that I'm working with such a professional people right now, with people that really know what they're doing, and I'm just like how I feel and what people say is like, hey, you definitely make the right choice, and also just do it late because my last fight in London, I was just surviving surviving against a guy that the guy is is good, but I'm, after this fight, I'm like really. I lost to that guy like that, a close decision. I, I also was fighting against two guys. The referee, yeah, I know. Yeah, because that that guy was a nasty. Oh my breaker. god, yeah. Yeah, that guy was breaking everything right there. Like, <laughs> I I was trying to be respectful because I don't want to be like suspended or whatever. It's the truth. That that guy was breaking my nuts. It was it, it, it was crazy. Like, I really when I watched the fight again, I can't believe it. Like the first time he stopped it, I was like, okay, I grabbed the glove. I, I'm not saying I don't, I don't do it, but my opponent was grabbing the fence. Yeah. So why you tell me something to me? 
if if both of us were doing something, the, the the what you should say is like, hey, just like say something, call our attention, but don't stop me, push me, whatever. That bullshit is the same thing that happened with the ex person who trained me. Like, stay in the past and he's dead. And definitely, I don't want that guy referring my fights again. Definitely not. Yeah, you know, it's funny because uh, I had to go back and watch your last fight in order to study for your fight with Ning Wang. You, dude, I can't even watch after two minutes because of when he stopped you in the middle of that leg lock. It just, it pisses me off, man. It's like, you, you know, and, and then he starts you back in that position again. I was like, what the fuck, man? And it was a complete different position because he was a scissor. And he, and he started me like in a way different, like you can stop a heel hook and put me in a heel hook, it would break the leg of the guy. And I remember when I grabbed the leg of, of, of David, he was all panicked. He was like, I'm done. You can tell in the face. But you know, I, I, I believe that all this happened by a reason and the reason was this move. Right now I have my own place in California. My family's with me and I'm just working. I'm working. Um, I'm doing my best and I can't wait to my next fight. I really want to fight again. I'm healthy and I will see 145, 135. The best option for me, I will get it. Definitely, dude. And you mentioned how, you know, your coaches want you to be a little bit more active. But you know what, man? You just had to get that victory out of the way. Now you can focus on adding more things to your game, in my opinion. Yeah, for sure. Like... Uh, the, the reason I, I, I wasn't much, much busy, I wasn't thinking about if I lost, I get good. I really don't care about those things anymore because I'm happy, because I'm working. So when you're doing the right thing, you don't think on the bad things. But when you're surround negative people, obviously you're going to be like, oh, I will lose, I will get good. But right now it's like, my coaches are great. And when they talk to me, it's like, they motivate me. They tell me like, hey, if you work your ass for eight months, why you will lose? You don't cheat a day at all. You was in the gym every day. When you were sick, you were still in the gym helping, doing something. Obviously, if I'm, if I'm really, really sick, I will stay home. But if it's a small injury, like a hand injury or something small, I was there helping, you know. And it was like, at the end of the day, I was like, yeah, that's true. If I'm working so hard, why I will lose? Like, at the beginning, it was hard because it was so many negative things on me because of the people I used to hang out. But right now, I'm like, that, peop that people is like, like, over, like, it's, it's down. Like, I, I really don't care anymore. I would never say, like, that was, like, bad coaching, but personality-wise, thinking-wise, obviously, it was horrible. But that's why life and God put me, like, in this spot because I, I wasn't, I, I, it, it wasn't my fault. It's the people you find in the, in the road. But at the end of the day, I'm just happy to be here. I'm happy to, to work with good people. And I really can't wait till, till my next call. Definitely. I mean, clearly it made a positive impact in your life. I mean, in all areas of your life, not just the fighting, but everything else, man. I mean, to be surrounded by the right people, I mean, that's half the battle, man. Yeah. That's half the bar. Definitely, you need to, to be with the right people. And definitely, that people have to work with you and you have to work with them. It's not like they work for you, you work for them. It's a teamwork. Teamwork is like family. Everybody supports everybody. It's not about the money. It's not about the fame. 
it's about I want you to win and I want you to success. That's what teams are about it. And I'm I'm happy here with such a great athlete here in the gym. So I'm just I'm just getting better and better every day. Let me ask you this, Marlon, because, I mean, a lot of people don't know, but this fight was supposed to happen on two separate occasions, and then you finally fought. So how did you stay mentally strong, you know, because it must have been frustrating having to get the fight canceled over and over again. Yeah, that was pretty, pretty bad for me. I was like, the first time, it was a Tuesday. I was, I was supposed to fly to Las Vegas for UFC 202 on Wednesday, and Tuesday noon they call me hey the fight is off i was like off like what happened give me a new open this is mcgregor and diaz i want to be in that car they say sorry it's off then they send then send us to vancouver the next week same thing the night the day before we fly hey the fight is over i was like really that was a that was a nightmare that was horrible and then they say like, okay, now you just wait to see what's up. And I was like, I really was thinking of oh, all this is happening. I, I was about to, to quit, but I was like, fuck no, I never quit before. I can lose a fight. I can, I can, I can have defeats in my life, but definitely, definitely, I will not quit and I will not stop. Like, there's no way. I will, I, I will rest when I die. Not now. Yes, sir. And, dude, let me ask you this. How did it feel to fight at 45? Because, I mean, you're you're a bantamweight, but to not cut the weight, did it feel good? Definitely. It's amazing. Cut 10 pounds and, uh, the night before is awesome. It's something that it's something that is like I feel stronger. It's like Senna. <laughs> Senna of Cabo is doing right now. It's like he has cut a couple pounds and you're just healthy. You're, you're just fast. And you just healthy like I was like when I make thirty five, it's like twenty extra pounds. So I was like, oh, you know, like like right now I feel way better in forty five. But also, I think in people like for example, Max Halloween. Yeah. The guy is huge. That guy is like twice my size. <laughs> but obviously I'm not fighting that guy tomorrow. Right. Or obviously I'm not fighting him on my next fight. But I don't know like. I really think I can fight in 45 too, so I will just wait till the UFC, whatever they ask me for do, I will do. But how I feel, it's way better than 45. I was stronger. My card is always good. I can fight for days. Like I got a good lungs, but 45 is unhealthy weight division for me, and I can fight five rounds, no problem. Like no problem in that division. In 135, sometimes it's kind of weird because I don't have the same power. But also, I can kick way better probably in 135, like faster. But I don't know. I don't know. I just feel good in this fight. So I'm so confident right now that either way the UFC asked me for, I will destroy somebody. You know, like, I don't know. I'm just getting there and I will turn for that. But I really want to fight, like, in the first three months of the next year. Yeah, man. And, I mean, if you go back down to 35 or you go back up to 45, I mean, right now in the next couple months, are you going to be putting on size or are you just going to stay lean? Or what's the plan, man? Really, I'm, like, in uh, diet-wise, I'm always trying to be healthy. 
I don't like like being like you know like most of the fighters they're there's they're fat really fat in outside the camp and then they want to kill themselves to make weight and I don't fight for make weight like if you're a fighter and you try to be the biggest one it's because you're a pussy yeah. And because you don't want to fight people of your size and you want to be huge. But also, they don't understand. They get tired. If you don't finish in the first round, you're going to be super tired and you get, you're going to get your ass kicked. So, there's like common sense. I really don't care. I would love to be a 155er. I'm, five, I'm fighting 155. No way, God. Wait me right before the cage. Because that's what I weigh, 155. That's my weight class. That, that's what I weigh eating healthy. Or eating chunky. Either way, I get like 160, 161, but that's sometimes. I really don't care. I really, don't, I, I, I really don't care to talk about my weight because it's like, yeah, I train hard, I do my homework, I do conditioning, I do everything my coaches say. So, if you have 10 pounds bigger than me or 10 pounds less than me, for me that's doesn't matter. Like, if you have a good cardio, you're good in MMA. Put your hands up, as my coach says, and the heavy puncher is not going to punch you. My ex-opponent was a heavy puncher. I was my hands up, and nothing happened. But I don't know. Like sometimes I don't. I really don't like to cut much weight because you are taking years of your life. And um, fires really cut a lot of weight. They don't care. They just cut, 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 and you do that over and over and over. That's bad for you. I really don't believe in white goods. I believe in hard work. No fucking PEDs. Don't be a pussy. And eat your greens and train hard. That's what I really... That's my thoughts on fighting. Because this is fighting. This is simple. This is fighting. Throw punches, throw kicks. Be the better guy who wanted more. But, you know, when people start to try to cut 40 pounds, yeah, it doesn't <laughs> make sense for me. It doesn't really make sense for me. No, I feel you, brother. And we spoke briefly off air about your last fight, but let's talk about it here, man. I mean, that kid, uh, Ningguang Yu, he kicks really damn hard, huh? He kicks hard. He kicks hard. He was trying to chop my legs. But as I tell you before, I just don't believe in loss of fight by leg kicks. There's no way. I, I watched the fight. It looks like he was about to drop me. But in that moment in the fight, because I remember, I was like, you can keep kicking my leg you have to take my leg out of my body then probably I will fall down but it, 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 this is not new a lot of people kick me before but it's like he kicked me like 10 times Yeah. but I take like 3 times or 4 times and I'm pretty sure his knees blow up dude so, it was interesting man because it looked like you were checking most of the kicks but he like kicked through the check it was it was crazy yeah, because I was checking it, and also it was hurting a lot because if you see my legs, I have a chicken legs, but his legs was were huge. His legs were huge. Like my tights were her, his chins, and his chins was like you know it was it, it was huge. His legs were huge, so I was checking with my knee, and I was having pain too, but he was having pain too because it's bone against bone. Yeah, he wouldn't hurt. Hurts more to me because he was bigger, but at the end of the day, my knees are good and probably his knees is not good. 
Yep, definitely, man. And at that beginning of the fight, you had a, a nice little dance move. You just feeling smooth in there? You feeling good? Confident? Yeah, I, I really don't know. I just, I just throw it. Uh, you can tell when coach is like, hey, Tito, stop fucking around. Yeah, I heard. I heard. <laughs> yeah. It was it was pretty fun. Yeah, it's good to have fun in there, man. And you know what's so cool about this last fight is that it tells me that in your next fight, we're going to see a completely different guy. Because, like I said, if you compare your London fight to this last one in Australia, it's not even the same guy. Like, if I told someone, watch these two fights, they wouldn't even know it's the same guy. Yeah, definitely not. In my last fight, I was... Before the fight, I was already broke. Like, the people who is close to me, they, they knew everything. But as I tell you, that happened by a reason. And, that, and, the, and the reason was kick all the negative people from my life and just add new people and better people. So right now I'm like, yeah, it sucks to lose against a guy that probably I can beat him. I don't know. I'll be not cocky and say, ah, I will beat him next time because probably next time he can knock me out. <laughs> but I don't know. For me, rematches in the UFC are dumbs. I, I don't believe in rematches. Like, the UFC is, you can lose three fights, then you lose five, then you win five, and you're good. Like, it doesn't matter. Like, Bisping is a champion right now, for example. He lost a lot of fights before against probably, probably, probably not good guys. And right now he's a champion. Yeah, exactly. You know what I'm saying? It's like, Anderson Silva, he was every, like, always winning gsp was always winning but also the guys that they lost a lot before they get it they beat champion a champion so i really don't care about losing against these guys because all the guys that beat me before probably they lost now and i'm winning now so it's like it doesn't matter like yeah. if, if they offer me a fight against david grant or the guy who i fought in my ufc debut i will get the fight i will, I will train same of a tougher guy of same guy, but I just really don't care. It would be fun to kick their asses because I feel like I feel in like the every grand fight I lost by points. I, I actually lost, but it it wasn't my best. But in the in the Beltran fight it was like, okay, if you don't give me that win, like well but, that that was in um, Mexico though, so you know yeah. I'm probably um And Davy Davy was in England, so you know what I mean? You're fighting these guys in their home countries. Yeah, yeah. But for example, I'm pretty sure this the Mexican commission don't know much about MMA because when, when Joe sort of fought, fought in Mexico against Boltran, I cornered him. Co Coach Colin was grabbing uh, grabbing his hands for put the hand wraps. And the commission was saying, like, no, you can do that, no, you can do that, no, you can do that. Then one of the UFC codmans, oh, what's his name? The Oh, he's a Spanish guy. I forget his name right now. Yeah, I don't know his name, but yeah, but anyways. Well, one of the UFC codmans was like, what are you talking about? That's the right hand rubs. I'm, ha I'm, I'm grabbing hands exactly like that. And they were like, uh... <laughs> so they 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 are making lost time a fighter that is nervous is about to fight, and they're b breaking their balls like by nothing. So it's just like, so I was there and I just I just explored. I was like, you guys, you don't know shit about the sport. Blah blah blah. They were like, oh, you're, you're respectful. I was like, bro, I fought in the same arena 
with the same commission and you giving a Christmas gift to this guy. Against right the same now, guy. And you fought against the same guy. Yeah, I got the same guy. And he was the same commission. And with me, they give the, the crazy decision. And with Joe Soto, they were like killing him. No, you can grab your hands like that. You're making you're making this for giving, like, getting advantage, blah, blah. It's like, and they say this. This guy can grab your hands like that, but not the coach, because the coach won advantage. So it was the same. So I, I was like, it was no sense. Like, it was crazy. Yeah. I was like, ah, whatever. But I don't care. If the UC give me the fights, I get it. But... Also, I would like to fight different people, like yeah. bigger, bigger challenge. That's for me. That's for me. Was just like warm up in the company, like getting getting ready for the big things, you know. Exactly, man. I mean, they were learning lessons, and as far as I'm concerned, as a fan, there's no need for a rematch. You know, they're learning lessons. Yeah. You're moving on. You're better than you've ever been. So, I mean, what are you looking to do next, man? Just waiting for that call. I just really want to get that call. I would like to fight soon. I really don't care who, whoever, and whenever. I don't care. I would like to fight in Vegas. That's one of that's one of the things I would really like to do fight in Vegas. But if they send me to China or London again or Australia or you know all the far places from here, I don't care. Just give me a fight. Just put me the name. Send me the contract. I will whoop us. And Cheeto, what was it like when you returned home to Ecuador? I mean, did you get that uh, that champion's warm welcome? Yeah, it's pretty warm every time I go over there. Like, people is really, like, happy and win or loss. That, that people is always on my back. I never get, like, bad comments on my social media. No matter what, people is, like, always giving me love and supporting me. I really, I really can't complain about it. I'm happy about my people, but... I, I gotta be here now and you know leave the country. But my fans in Ecuador are pretty pretty loyal and I really love that. Yeah, man. And be- before we get out of here, Cheetah, I know you saw Max Holloway versus Anthony Pettis last night. Yeah, I watched the fight. Like, I watched the whole car was crazy. Like, that was a good fight. Like, Cowboys are running. Like, isn't like I'm really happy with that guy. Like, I can't believe how the guy was from. Losing a couple fights and before and be like okay, and right now he's killing. It. I meet him in Jackson and he's an amazing guy. Like I was, I was really happy for that kick because Matt Brown was being all mean and trying to scare him. <laughs> That's something that I always say. Like you, you're not going to scare nothing in the sport. We are fighters. If you if you don't want to shake hands, I don't care. I think the only person that get get fucked up in the head was Aldo against McGregor. Oh, big time. <laughs> yeah, like, he was he was already break. Like, he was like, I'm pretty sure he was like, oh, I don't want to fight that guy the day of the fight. But I really don't believe some fighter can break fighters' mind. Like, we're fighters. Like, we train, we break our own records training. Like, I just think we can break like that. Probably you can break in the cage when somebody's kicking your ass, but you can break before the fight. So it's like, that's how I think. Definitely. And who you got between Holloway and Aldo, man? Oh, Holloway, 100%. Yeah, me too. I, I, I never been an Aldo fan. So, you know, my I always been fan of GSP, Saran, Condit, 
like either Anderson Silva, like I was a big fan of Pettis, but before when in WEC, but Max Holloway is a guy that I really admire. Like he's a young guy, same age as me, and fucking accomplished a lot of stuff. Like that guy is the man. Like that guy at the beginning, everybody was like, "Oh, that guy sucks." The guy have no ground. I was like, "No, that guy looks like he grinds every day. He looks like a hard worker, and I really like that. Like I respect that, and I admire that." Yeah, me too. I mean, the sky's the limit. And dude, I couldn't believe he did Anthony Pettis like that. I mean, he finished him. Yeah, but also something after you saw a lot of fires are looking. Different. Yeah, a hundred percent, a hundred percent. Pettis is and Anthony Pettis is in that list. Yeah, he definitely yeah. looks different. A lot of guys look different, man. I was I was thinking the same thing when I when I watch all these cards, man. So it's really cool to have you know the players that are on a level level playing field and that are you know clean. Now they're shining, like you know uh, Jorge Masvidal. Yeah, now he's doing great. Yeah, exactly. That that's what I'm saying, man. You know that guy you fought, Jake Ellenberger. He also, in my opinion, qualifies under the USADA list. You know. Yeah, but for example, my my. My my ex opponent. If you saw his last fight, he was killing people. He was like like you can tell his first two fights were without Reebok shirts. Was like a sponsor shirt. He was destroying people, throwing a hundred bombs. Then when he fought Beltran, he was kind of different. And right now he was completely different. Yeah. I don't know. He, he, I I I were. Be- I'm pretty sure it was better, but I was pretty sure something is happening. Because you saw he's making their jobs, you know, but either either Renan Barrao, a lot of guys are looking different now. Definitely. And that guy you fought, uh, he can't blame it on the contaminated meat anymore, you know what I mean? Yeah, no more. <laughs> yeah. Also, I, co- yeah, I, you, I, I got a big list of people that look weird. There's fighters that have a little, a little boobies too. Yeah. No shit, man. And uh, if you if you bet on fights, you look to bet against the guys that uh, you know are affected by USADA. Yeah, yeah. Like Pettis, like he's a great fighter, but he looks way different after USADA. Like he's not anymore. And probably he's old. Like I don't want to blame people, but he just looked different. That's what that, that that's my thoughts on that. And Max Holloway was coming like from you know like step by step, and he's getting better. But this fire set definitely looks don't look the same anymore. Definitely, man. Real quick, who you got between uh, Cody Garbrandt and Dominic Cruz? I think Cruz is going to win because he got good movement. Obviously, that everybody knows that. But also, Dominic hit hit hard. People sleep on that because he moves a lot, but he can hit definitely. And Garbrandt, I heard about that. He got suspended a couple of years for being knocked out too much in boxing, so probably his chin is not good. I know the guy can rip heads off. It's no joke. He's a heavy hitter. But I, I just think he just have like boxing. I want to see him exposed in the ground. I want to see him against a guy that is going to kick him a lot. And I just think he's, goes, he, he's too straight. He's like too straight throwing bombs. He's doing great, but I'm not a fan of either guy. I really don't care one of them. I'm not a fan of them. But I think Dominic is going to beat him. 
And right now he's trying to talk shit on Dominic, but you can talk shit on a guy who can talk shit. You know what I'm saying? Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm pretty sure I can deal with trash talk, but he's just trying to be mean in social media and say bullshit, but you can tell when a guy can't talk shit, and that guy definitely is not good at, at that. Yeah, no doubt about it. Well, Marlon, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle, man. Always a pleasure, brother. Let the audience know where to follow you, and uh, if you have a message for the fans, for Los Latinos, for the UFC uh, bantamweight division, let us know. Let us know now, man. Thank you, bro. I just appreciate the support, and and looking forward for what's next for me. And thanks for everything. People can follow me on Instagram as Chito Vera UFC. Same on, same in Twitter, and my Facebook fan page is Chito Vera. And just thanks everybody for the support and all the shows for the fans and all those battles are for the fans and, you know, the blood, everything. They pay for watches fight so we can be in a stupid, boring fight. So that's why I put everything on there so I can grow up as a fighter and always for the fans. Awesome. Well, Chito, we cannot wait to see what's next. And thanks so much for the time, brother. Thanks you, brother. I, I really appreciate that. All right. Good Have a great day, man. Bye, bro. Joining me now is Jason the Kid Knight. Jason, welcome back to Half the Battle, man. Yeah, yeah, man. I appreciate you having me. Well, firstly, I want to personally thank you for the second time in a row coming through as the underdog. Why does everyone keep counting you out, bro? Ah, uh, man, I'm just, I'm, I'm the new guy on the block, you know. They don't, they don't know me yet, but, you know, I'm just going to keep winning fights, keep making statements, and, uh, for long, everybody knows who the kid is, and uh, they, they won't underestimate me anymore. Uh, I don't mind getting underestimated because uh, it helps me win the fights, I guess. You know, guys think they can just walk through me because my name's not real big yet, so I'm just going to keep going out here and prove them wrong. I mean, dude, I, I, I did my research going into this fight. You know, I heard your interviews. I heard his interviews. I heard him saying shit like, you know, Jason Knight, he doesn't have top control. He's just a rubber guard guy. He doesn't have my experience. He's not fast enough, this and that. And uh, tur turns out he was wrong, bro. Oh, yeah, man. He, uh, he was a little cocky. You know, he thought that this was going to be an easy day for him. He's going to walk in there and punch me and not get punched back and stuff like that. But, you know, I, I had other news for him. I I'm not an easy fight for anybody in that featherweight division. So uh, he he uh, underestimated me, and, you know, it costed him dearly. Dude, I got a question for you. Maybe this is just me being a fan looking into it too much, but do you feel like you broke him in the stare down? And the reason I ask that is because right after you guys stare down, you know, he starts smiling and jumping up and down. And that that's kind of like, that, that that seemed to me like he was nervous, bro. Yeah, uh, I don't really know if I broke him or not. You know, I, I think that, think that he was cocky still and thinking that, you know, he was still going to be able to, to win the fight. But uh, I, I know that I, I could tell that I definitely got inside of his head because, you know, he he, were, he would never look me directly in my eyes. And uh, that, that's the thing that I like to do, you know, with my opponent. Whenever whenever we stare down or any time before the fight that, you know, we're walking by each other in the hotel or whatever, I'm eye to eye with them, trying to glare into their soul, and uh, you know, I would look at him from that point on, or even before the the weigh-in, he would just 
kind of look away, try to try to look at the ceiling, look at the walls, anything to do to keep from looking me in my eyes. <laughs> and uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I just I try my best to make sure I get inside their head before I get in there to let them know that hey, this guy means business. Definitely, and I, I, we'll talk about fight week here in a sec, but I got to ask you a question about your mentality as a fighter, Jason, because, okay, so you drop the guy, you take him down, but he actually got back up, and, you know, he landed a couple nice uh, stra uh, straight crosses, and at that point, with a lot of other fighters, they'd be like, well, I mean, I dropped him, I took him down, what the fuck do I have to do with this guy? Maybe, uh, maybe I need to mentally check out. With you, you were like, all right, I guess I just got to keep turning up on him. That's it, man. Uh, the the way I look at it, I don't care, you know, what you can take, you know, how, how much abuse you can take, how tough you are, how hard it is for me. Uh, I'm fighting as hard as I can from the, the time the bell rings to the time the bell rings again. I'm getting in there and I'm giving it my all. I don't care, you know, what you do to me, what I do to you, how bad you hurt me, how bad I hurt you. It doesn't even matter to me. I, I'm going to keep going either until the referee stops the fight or until, you know, I stop the fight myself or, you know, if the other guy happens to stop me, I'm never going to, never, ever going to quit, never going to stop going forward. You know, no matter what, no matter how hard I get hit, I'm going to just keep pushing forward, keep trying to make sure that I'm the first guy to throw the punches and I'm the last guy to throw the punches, you know? Dude, was it tough at all? dealing with a guy you know that tall that long that rangy because you know how it is with those tall dudes uh man the the only thing that i really found tough about it is he, he was pretty hard to hit standing up um you know he he was able to land a, a couple good jabs a couple good straight uh straight lefts or whatever it was uh i can't remember if he was south i think he was south tall most of the time but uh you know it, it was kind of hard to deal with his range a little bit but at the same time, you know, I I wasn't ever scared of it. It never really bothered me. I knew that, you know, eventually I could catch him. Eventually I could I could be standing up. But the reason I, I went ahead and took the fight to the ground is because he never really wanted to engage very much. You know, if I could have got him to where he wanted to sit there and slug it out, throw punches, I think I could have beat him as far as that goes. The range wouldn't have been that big of a deal, but... It was just like every time I was throwing punches at him, he was moving backwards, he was circling, he was running. And, you know, that, that makes for a boring fight. You know, if I, if I can't hit him and he just runs and tries to pick at me and, you know, beat me on point, that makes for a boring fight. So that's why I just took him down, tried to go ahead and finish the fight. And, you know, I wasn't able to get it, of course, but it would have been nice. Dude, so my, my good friend James Vick, he sent me a message and he was like, dude, bet the house on Jason Knight because you said uh, you guys put in a tiny bit of work over in Thailand and you know the reason I'm bringing it up is because I mean James Vick that's the perfect guy to train with when you're taking on an opponent like Dan Hooker you know long and rangy yeah man James, James Vick was cool man uh, I never knew the guy before I got out to Thailand but you know I get out there and instantly we click and the guy was just real cool it was like almost like being out there training with one of my good training partners, one of my good buddies, you know, he's a cool guy. And uh, he, he's definitely long, man. James Vick is so, so tall for a 155-er. And he's a big guy, man. Like, he was, he was at least 190, 195 <laughs> while I was out there training. And, uh, you know, he, he made it hard to deal with. And 
the thing about it though, you know, I got I got a training partner back home that I spar with a lot. His name's Tyler Hill. He uh, he recently fought in Bellator and took his took a loss. I think it was his first loss as a pro. But Tyler Hill is like six three, uh, two hundred pounds, and I spar with him all the time. And I'm able to get past Tyler Hill. So you know, if I can get past Tyler Hill, I can get past Daniel Hooker. So that you know, it, it was nice training with James Vick for sure. But, you know, it wasn't really something I'm not used to, you know. Yeah, definitely. I, the only reason I bring it up is because it's like, you know, he's like a, you know, Dan Hooker. Dan Hooker's like a poor man's version of Vic, in my opinion. Yeah, man. He, he's, uh, he's like, Dan Hooker's good, man. But at the same time, he's one of those guys that, you know, he he's not really just like an aggressive, nasty fighter. He doesn't come forward. He's not trying to finish you all the time. He's not trying to to hurt you, you know. It's like it's like he's in there trying to outpoint you and try to try to out technique you. And I mean, yeah, I wanna I wanna have better technique than the guy, but at the same time, I'm throwing everything with bad intentions. I'm steadily coming forward, trying to just get right in your face and make it a nasty fight, make it something that the fans want to see. And you know, it's just what I like to do. I don't want to punch you and run from you, punch you and run from you. I want to get face-to-face, toe-to-toe, and just slug it out and see who's got the tougher, you know, who's got the tougher mentality, the tougher chin, who can take the most. And, you know, I think I think I, I would like to fight somebody like Cub Swanson uh, or the Korean Zombie because, man, I, I don't know if you watched that fight last night, but them two oh, guys... Yeah. They got in there, and that's my kind of fight. That's the type of stuff I like to do. I like to get in there and just bang it out and, you know, see who's the better man. And, you know, I feel like me versus either one of those guys, win, lose, or draw, we're going out there, we're getting fired tonight, we're fucking having a war, you know, and I would love for something like that. Bro, I mean, what do you think about Cub Swanson versus Duho Choi? Because, I mean, you know, up until that point... Do you remember a WEC fight between Leonard Garcia and Korean Zombie? I, I yeah, I remember seeing it, man. It just all out war, dude. That, like that's what that's what I like about the Korean Zombie. Yeah, he wants to get out there and, and make a statement every fight. Exactly, man. So last night, I mean, that almost topped that fight for me. I mean, what we saw last night between Cub and Duho Choi, I mean, you know, they were literally, uh, they were both prepared to die in there as far as I'm concerned. That's, man, that's the way you have to be. You know, if you're, if you're not willing to die for what you love, then why the hell are you in it? You know, why are you out there doing it? If you're not going out there with the mentality that kill or be killed, you know, then why in the hell are you even in the sport? Because, I mean, I, I've seen guys that get cracked real hard and then just fold up. And, you know, that's not me. I, I mean, that's not... You know, you seen Cubs, Swanson, and uh, the, the Korean Zombie. Both of them gra- got cracked hard. And it's like, so fucking what if you crack me so hard? So, so what if I'm rocked? I'm not fucking stopping. And that, that's just exactly what they did, you know. No matter how bad they got hit, no matter no matter how bad they got hurt, they just kept fighting, kept giving it everything they got. And I mean, I think that's what true great fighters are made of, you know. 
Dude, where do you think that mentality comes from? Because like you mentioned earlier, you know, some guys, they'll get hit, they'll cover up, they'll wait for the ref to intervene. With these two, I mean, like like we mentioned earlier, man, they were willing to, to go till the bitter end. Man, I, I honestly think it comes from that hunger. And, and you know, you got to have heart. But uh, if, you, if you don't have heart and you're not hungry, then you're not, gonna, you're not just going to take punishment. You know, a lot of people... You know, they, they get hurt, and it's like, oh, shit, I'm hurt, I'm done. And they go ahead and let the other guy finish them off. But if you've got heart and you just want it so fucking bad, then, I mean, it doesn't matter how bad you're hurt. So what if I'm hurt, motherfucker, you're finna put me to sleep, or I'm not stopping, you know? And, and I mean, that's just the mentality you gotta have. It's like, if I'm not asleep, and I don't have a fucking, a bone broke, my arm's not hanging off, then I'm not stopping. You know that that's just it. If you if you if you don't have that mentality, you don't have that kind of heart. In my eyes, you're not you're not a true fighter. You know, and there's a lot of fighters out there that have that mentality that they don't give a damn what you do to them. They're going to keep coming. But there's a lot of fighters out there who have good skill, you know, good cardio, but they're lacking in the heart department. They're lacking in the the you know being hungry. You know. And I honestly think that, you know, that's what, that's what makes some of these guys, that's, that's the difference between greatness and just being good. You know, if you're, if you're not going to really want it with everything you got, if you don't want it, you know, more than you want to eat, then you're not going to, you're not going to make it in this sport. You know, you might, you might go a little ways, but if you're really hungry, you really got that heart, then that's what true fighters are made of. What does it take to break Jason Knight? Uh, you put me to sleep or you break a bone. Other than that, <laughs> I'm not breaking. That's it. You know, other other than that, I will not break. Yes, sir. And, I mean, dude, it must feel good. You got a winning record in the UFC now, a nice fight of the night bonus. Should be two fight of the night bonuses, but, you know, we can talk about that later. But, dude, how are you feeling right now? What are you looking to do next? Oh uh, man, I they have a fight card in Houston uh, in February. I'm not exactly sure of the date, but I know there's one coming up in Houston, Texas, in February. And man, I would really love to get on that card because it's it's close enough for my family all to drive out, and a lot of my fans to drive out. And I would much rather fight somewhere where everybody can drive, and I can have my support group right there with me because man, I fight hard. You know, regardless, I don't care if, if they're booing me or whatever, I'm going to fight hard. But whenever I have a shit ton of people screaming my name, man, I fight so much harder and I fight so much better. And, you know, I just, I, I feel that atmosphere and, you know, it's time to go to war. You, you can kill me before you make me quit or make me, uh, make me not fight hard in front of my fans, you know. Definitely, and I mean... And, is is there anyone that you want specifically? I mean, I know you said Cub Swanson or Duho Choi, but dude, I got a feeling those two are going to be out for about eight to twelve months. You know what I'm saying? After a war like that. Yeah, man. Uh, I I really don't care. You know, I would love to get my fight back against Kawajiri, but we know that's not going to happen. He's I have nothing to offer him right now. He's higher in the rankings than I am. He left the so, UFC yeah. also. He left the UFC. Yeah, he didn't want to resign. Well, that that 
that gives me shit luck. That's a, a, <laughs> a loss I can't avenge. But uh, it's all good. And I take any, I take anybody in the top twenty, uh, anybody that's going to help me move up them rankings. That's what I want. I don't, you know, I don't want to go backwards anymore at all. I just want to keep going forward. I want to take anybody that they're going to give me the fight and call me the underdog. Any anybody that they they got that they think's better than me, that's what I want to fight. Oh man, I hope they keep making you the underdog. I mean, did you get some messages from your friends about uh, cashing in on those nice uh, Jason Knight odds in that last fight, the last two fights? Yeah, man, I uh, I've got I've got a buddy that bets the bank on me every time <laughs> that I fight. You know, it's a guy that I train with and everything, and every time that I fight, he gets paid. You know, every time that I win, he's always. He's a big supporter, so he's betting at least you know five hundred to a thousand every fight, and goes ahead and cashes in. Yes, sir. That's what it's that's what it's all about. Man, I've had a few people that I didn't even know who the hell they were just message me on Twitter, message me on Facebook, like, "Hey, man, thanks for uh, getting me paid. You know, I bet on that fight. I made me a little bit of money. You know." That's pretty damn awesome, dude. But I got to ask you, man, what did you think about Max Holloway versus Anthony Pettis last night, man? Uh, Max made a statement, dude. Yeah, man, uh, the fight, you know, it, it kind of went exactly like I was thinking. I was thinking that, you know, Anthony Pettis is going to come out and uh, have good kicks. And if he had a chance of stopping Max Holloway, it was going to be with his kick. And, I mean, Anthony Pettis looked pretty good at first. But Max Holloway, he just took over, man, and, uh, like I, I kind of knew that I, well, I didn't really know that Max Holloway was going to win. I kind of suspected that Max Holloway would win, but of course, you know, I wanted Anthony Pettis to win because uh, Duke Rufus, uh, Rufus Sport, and Alan Belcher MMA, they're affiliates, and I went up there and trained with Duke Rufus before and been around Anthony Pettis before, so I've always rooted him on. But uh, man, Max Holloway was impressive. Dude, he's the truth, and I mean, now that he's the champion in your weight class, I mean, dude, I don't really consider Aldo the champ, because, you know, you, you saw the McGregor fight, so for me, Holloway's the champion. Now, for you, I mean, when you go to train, do you picture yourself getting ready to beat the champion, or is it just about being a better version of Jason Knight? Uh, man, it's just, it's just about improving everything that, you know, I, I need to be improving on. I'm trying to get better with my stand-up better with my wrestling, better with the holes that are in my ground game, and, you know, just trying to close up as many holes as I can and fire who they put in front of me and each time get ready for that specific guy. And if that leads me to the championship, that leads me to that belt, then, you know, there we go. I'm going to get there. I'm going to work real hard for it. And whenever that time comes, you know, I'm going to work my ass off to make sure that I get that strap. But... You know, as of right now, it's just whoever they put in front of me trying to get ready for him. A lot of people don't realize that you only started training full-time recently, but, I mean, if you watch your fights, you can see the progression. How do you feel about the improvements you've been making now that you're able to put more time in? Oh, man, I feel like, you know, I'm able to start closing a lot of holes in my game, you know, especially my stand-up and my wrestling, but, uh, I, you know, I feel great, you know, about what I've done so far, but I feel like I'm still, you know, just 
miles and miles away from where I want to be. I, you know, I'm on the other side of the earth to where I want to be with my game. I just, I'm never going to stop evolving, never going to stop getting better. And, you know, I just want to keep on closing those holes, keep on getting better, and I'll never be satisfied, you know. Yes, sir. And real quick, who you got, Dominic Cruz or Cody Garbrandt? Uh, I got to go with my boy Dominic Cruz, man. Uh, Cody Garbrandt's the beast, but Dominic Cruz, he's, he's so so elusive, so good, you know. I mean, he's it, hard to to deal with, that, that crazy, wild, you know, just all over the place, in your face type of type of style that he brings to the table. It's, it's going to be hard to beat. No doubt about it. Well, Jason, I want to thank you so much for taking the time to speak with me right here, right now on Half the Battle. It's always a pleasure, man. Let the audience know where they can follow you on social media and anything else you want to tell the fans or the UFC featherweight division. Now's the time, bro. Uh, thank you all so much for you know having me on the show. And if you want to follow me, follow me at JasonTheKia23. Uh, that's Twitter. JTK the Kid on Snapchat, JTK the Kid on Instagram. Uh, go on my Facebook fan page, Jason the Kid Knight. Click that like button. And uh, everybody out at Allen Belcher MMA Club, thank y'all so much for helping me get better and helping me, you know, live my dreams. Uh, Phuket Top Team, thank y'all so much for having me. Eric Ersk, Boyd Clark, thank y'all so much for, you know, becoming partners of mine. And uh, last but not least, UFC, Dana White, Sean Shelby, I want y'all to please give me a fight in Houston in February so that way my family can come out there. I promise y'all that if you give me a fight in Houston, I'm going to show up, I'm going to show out, and I will not disappoint you or the fans. Give me somebody like the Korean Zombie. If I can't have him, Give me anybody else that's in that top 20. Anybody you think that can beat me, I want to prove you wrong and show you that they can't. Thank you so much for having me. Yes, sir. Jason Knight, thank you so much, brother, and uh, best of luck in the future, my man. We'll speak soon. Yes, sir. Thank you, much. Thank you very much. You have a good one. You too, brother. Peace out. There you have it, folks. Marlon Chito Vera and Jason the Kid Knight. Thank you so much for checking out this very special edition of Half the Battle. Make sure you follow me on Twitter at Best Fight Picks. Go to bestfightpicks.com for the plays. Subscribe to Half the Battle on iTunes, SoundCloud, YouTube, and Stitcher. And until the next time, let's cash these bets.